We are going to finish today Shir Lamalot. We've been on it for a while now. Aruch Hashem, we see why this Perek of Tehilim is some is the one that we say all the time. It's a very special Perek of Tehilim, and the pasuk says at the ending that's at the siyum, Hashem Yishmor, Hashem will watch. Setecha, your exit, uboecha, and your entrance, meata, from now, vead olam, and for eternity. What does that mean? Hashem will watch your exit and your entrance from now until eternity. Question is, what does it mean, your exit? Exit from where? It's very hard to say the word exit. When you don't tell me where you're taking me out from. Exit could mean exit from my house. Exit could mean from my business. Exit from who? And what does it mean he's going to watch your entrance? Entrance to what? doesn't say. So it's a very vague pasuk. Hashem will watch your exit and your entrance from now till eternity. And also... What does it mean you'll watch your exit and your entrance? Usually the entrance comes before the entrance. Why is it why is it flipped around? It should say you'll watch your entrance and your exit. So there is a pasuk that everybody here needs to know, and I think everyone does know it. Not sure if they know what it means. Pasuk says in Parashat Kitavo in a Biracha, one of the blessings. In that parasha says, Baruch ata ba'ir. U Baruch ata basadeh. It gives all the different places where you will be blessed. If you follow the direction and the blueprint of the Torah, you'll be blessed in the city, you'll be blessed in the field. Baruch peri bitnecha. Your children will be blessed. Ufri admatecha, the fruits of the of the your food. And he continues, and then he ends. Baruch ata beboecha. You will be blessed when you enter. U baruch ata betzetecha, and you will be blessed when you exit. So here the Torah tells us. That if we do what we're supposed to do, then we will be blessed at the entrance and at the exit. In this Pasuk in Tehilim, it says Hashem will watch over you by the exit and by the entrance. What does that mean? Again, same question. Torah is vague. What does it mean? You will be blessed at your entrance and at your exit. Entrance and exit to and from where? So says Rashi Alava Shalom, quoting a Midrash. Midrash, I actually have it right here in front of me. The Midrash says, Nice. Rashi's words are from the Gemara Baba Metziah, meaning the way you entered the world. That is the way you will leave the world. Doesn't sound so great. If a guy tells me, 
I came in and I left the same way I came in, you would say the guy is a failure. You, you, you left the same way you came in. That's what the Midrash says. The same way you came into this world, that's Baruch Atah The same way you came into this world, blessed. That you will be blessed also the same way when you leave this world. It's hard to understand. What does that mean? So Rashi further explains that your exit from this world should be belohet, without sin. So this is further explaining what the Midrash means. It means the same way you came into this world without sin, so too you will leave the world without sin. That's what it means. So again, Baruch Ata Bevo Echa. how you read it. The same way you were blessed when you came into this world, Baruch Ata Betzetecha, you will be blessed when you leave this world. The same blessing you came with, this is the blessing that you will leave with. That's how you read that Pasuk. So you've heard that line before. People say, Baruch Ata Bevoecha, Baruch Ata Betzetecha. That's what it's referring to. It's referring to your exit from this world should have the same blessing as your entrance. Now, and in this Pasuk in Tehilim, David HaMelech is saying that Hashem will watch over you. Hashem Yishmor Tzetcha. Hashem will watch that your Tzetcha, that your exit, right, should be like the way you entered. Now, a person who has no sin, that we would say is a lack of a blemish. The word Baruch, the word Baruch, someone who's blessed, it means someone who has Beracha, for example, someone is blessed with money. That means he has extra money. Someone who's blessed with children means his children. Someone who's blessed with health. Blessing is an abundance of something good. The word Baruch is an abundance of something good. Someone who doesn't have sin is just lacking a stain is lacking something that isn't good. Why would you call someone who is lacking sin Baruch? That doesn't seem to be the right wording for someone who is missing something bad. Meaning, someone who doesn't have a certain problem, you wouldn't call him Baruch. Baruch is, again, means... There's a beracha. There is an abundance. So why would that word baruch be used to describe someone who is lacking sin? That's the question or not? So I'm going to tell you something I mentioned before. It's a very important principle you should know. I know that some people when they hear it, they're going to argue. That's okay. 
but at least let, allow me to say it. So I'm going to tell you that in this world, the only reason why a person will lack simcha, simcha is what we call happiness, the only reason why a person lacks simcha is because of sin. Sin brings a lack of simcha. You have to know that. Now again, I know that you probably will say, no, it's not true. What do you mean? Not, that's not why I'm lacking simcha. I'm lacking simcha because I didn't get that. I didn't get this. I have that problem. For sure, you will point to many things in life that is the cause of why your simha isn't complete. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's your boredom. Whatever it is. For sure, anytime... I would see someone who is lacking simha, the person would explain to me there's a cause to his simha. And it wouldn't be because he has sin. But again, I am telling you that sin produces the opposite of simha. And I will explain in a minute. But that's what the pasuk means. Baruch ata bevo'echa. We said, what does that mean, Baruch? You came with no sin. By coming with no sin, we said, where is the berachanda? What berachad do you have? What's the abundance that comes with no sin? The abundance is called simha. Baruch ata bevo'echa. You came into this world with a beracha. With an abundance of simhan. And the blessing is, you should leave this world, Baruch Atah Betzetecha, should come in that way and leave that way, and it should be Me'atah Ve'adolam. Now, where do we see that a person comes into this world with an abundance of simhan? So the truth is, the truth is, we see by a baby something that is very hard to understand if we see it from an adult perspective. If I asked you, what does it take to make you happy? So usually to make us happy, we need to do something. For example, if I make money, I'm happy. Or even if I look forward to make money, I'm happy. Vacation makes me happy. Or... If I look forward to a vacation, it makes me happy. I'm getting married. I got married. Makes me happy. When are we happy? I'm going to eat. Or I'm eating. Makes me happy. I'm enjoying what I'm drinking. Makes me happy. If you asked what makes a person happy, it's usually either involved in doing something or looking forward to doing something. Correct? If you take a person who looks forward to nothing and is doing nothing, he can't be happy. That be that would be a miserable person. 
he has nothing to look forward to. Imagine I take, take a person who has nothing to look forward to. Zero. Nothing. He doesn't have a job. Doesn't have food. Doesn't have friends. Doesn't have family. Doesn't have anything to look forward to. That guy, you'd have to check him in to some mental ward because he's going to get sick. He cannot be happy. Our happiness, if you notice, comes from either involved or anticipating something exciting in life. So how do you explain the happiness that a child has? A child is a, is a miracle. You have a child, has really no accomplishments, not accomplishing anything, just sits there all day long. He has nothing to look forward to. He doesn't even know what to look forward to. He's not capable of looking forward to anything because he's not aware of what's going on. He doesn't know at any moment what's going to happen in his life. You know, living life as a baby is a very hard life. It's a life where you're always in doubt what's happening the next moment. You never know when that uncle's going to come pick you up. All of a sudden, a guy comes. You never saw him before. He picks you up, and he starts shaking you. You know the guy? You're, you're in your crib. You're relaxing. All of a sudden, someone comes and grabs you. You're not tired. Someone puts you in the crib. All of a sudden, they feed you. Guy throws you a ball. They put a toy in front of you. You don't know what's happening at any moment in your life. Your whole life, minute by minute, is a life of safek. Try that as an adult. Try as an adult, not knowing at any second in your life where your next moment is going to be. You never know when the guy's going to grab your chair and put it somewhere else. You never know where a guy's going to grab you and take you somewhere that you're not sure where you're going. Imagine meeting people that you don't know and all of a sudden they're discussing things with you, talking to you, living life when you're comfortable it's predictable you know what's going to happen you're comfortable where you are living a life as a child is very difficult nothing to look forward to unpredictable every moment but yet little children are happy they have simha unless they need something unless they are hungry or in pain or you grab something from them. They're happy. They're happy doing nothing. They don't do anything. They just sit there. You smile at them. They smile back. They, they, they don't have any issues. And the question is. To make me happy and satisfied. I need a lot of things. But for this little baby who has nothing. Zero. He is capable of reaching a happiness. Why? The answer is, Baruch Ata Bevoecha. Because he's innocent. Innocence is purity. Purity is Simha. You have to remember that Simha is an expression of the human Neshama. The human soul is where you find simha. Simha isn't in your fingers. Simha isn't in your mouth. Simha isn't in your legs. Simha 
is an expression of the human soul. When the human soul is pure, automatically it's in a state of simha. You actually don't have to acquire simha. Simha is the natural state of a human being who is pure. What happened to this child? After a few months, a few years, they start to hurt people with their mouth. They start to damage people with their hands. They start to do things that are inappropriate. By the time you come to the teenager, look at the difference between the infant and the teenager. You look at the teenager and say, what happened to this guy? He's clearly troubled, clearly bothered by many things. He can't sit with himself for a minute without having something to, to the <clears throat> distract. What do teenagers like to do? Distract themselves. They play video games or they sleep. Or they get involved just the distraction. Why they need distraction? And sometimes, unfortunately, it's even worse than that. They involve themselves in things that are damaging to them. Why? How come a, a young man, or sometimes even a young woman, is chasing things to get high? Obviously, they're looking to get high, but they're not high online. Simple. A, a, a young child, a little baby, has no desire to get higher. He is high. He's good. He's doing great. You ever see? You ever wake up? You ever try to put a baby to sleep? He doesn't like to go to sleep. Why is he, How come he doesn't like to go to sleep? Because life is great. Why would you want to go to sleep? He's up in the wee hours in the morning. He's ready to go. Tell him, go back. Put his and you tell a teenager to go back to sleep, he'll sleep for three days in a row. Doesn't care. My pleasure. He'll sleep anytime if you give him a chance. A baby doesn't want to sleep. What's the difference? The difference is that a baby loves life. Loves to live. Doesn't want to sleep. Sleeping is like a temporary death. Doesn't want to sleep. Whereas a teenager wants to distract himself as much as possible and sleep feels so good because it's not the pain of the life that he's involved in. What happened to him? Why isn't he satisfied? Answer is when a person fills himself with head, with sin, he is taking away his ability to have simhan. That is the answer. Baruch atah bebo'echa. The blessing is that the blessing of simha that you had when you came into this world, that innocence, that purity. By the way, I mentioned once to you before, not only is a baby full of simha, but also a baby is full of love that people have for him. Everybody loves a baby. Everyone sees a baby, they love him, even if it's not your baby. What's the reason why we love babies? Answer is when someone is innocent, when someone is pure, you're attracted to them. You're attracted to their soul. 
as they get older, again, as they lose their purity, they become less lovable. The more pure we are, the more simha we have, and the more hen that we have. Hen means charm. We have an automatic attraction. People have a love for people who are pure. But as we destroy our purity, as we taint our neshama, we lose the ability to reach that simha, and we lose the charm that brings people to love us. It's a very simple formula. That's why when you read the Perek of Teshuvah in Tehillim, in number 25, in the 25th chapter of Tehillim, we read it every morning. We, David HaMelech writes a whole Perek of Teshuvah. He's making Teshuvah for the sin that he did. And he starts the Perek, Le David. It's a very unusual beginning to a Perek of Tehillim. Le David. For David. And he starts to say, Elecha Adonai Nafshi Esa. And he starts to ask Hashem to forgive him. Usually, how does a Mizmor and Tehillim begin? It begins, Lam Natsayah. Natsayah has the conductor of the music. Le David Mizmor, song Mizmor Le David. But here it starts off Le David, only for David. This is written by David. Where's the Mizmor? Where's the song? Where is all the normal introduction? Shir Lamalot. Why is that missing here? Answer is. That when David Melech sins, there is a lack of simha. There is a lack of happiness in David Melech. And therefore, it wouldn't be appropriate to write the word shir, mizmor, just let David. Let David expresses a person who lost a simha because of something wrong. That he did. Now you should know, you should know, that of course the world has free choice. In order, imagine every time you felt the lack of simha in your life, a lack, a lack of satisfaction. By the way, simha is not fun. Not what simha means, right? Simha isn't a, a good time. Simha is something much deeper. Simha is something that resonates inside the person and accompanies them wherever they go, whatever they're doing or not. It's a certain satisfaction, a certain tingle of the neshama, something very, very special that a person has. Now, if it would be clear every time you had a lack of simha, imagine it would be clear to you that the reason why you have a lack of simha is because of the Lashon Hara you spoke yesterday. It's because, oh, remember you heard that guy last week? Yeah, you're not feeling good. It's because of something you ate. It's because of uh, something you did on Shabbat. It's because of whatever it is. You didn't honor your parents. 
Imagine you always were able to connect the wrongdoing to your lack of simha. So what would happen? There'd be no free choice. It'd be, no, it'd be obvious. It would be like jumping off the bridge or, or jumping off the 50th floor. Who's doing that? Nobody's ever doing that because you know the cause and effect. So therefore, in order to make free choice, what does what Hashem do? It's something very, very simple. Every time you feel down in life, every time you're lacking simha, Hashem will always give you a reason in your mind why it happened. For example, guy's not making enough money. So what does he feel? I'm not happy. Why are you not happy? What's wrong? Just not making it financially. Not making it. Not making enough money. If I would make enough money, then I'd be happy. You should know humanity as a whole, on an individual level, is always one or two items away from happiness. Just a way of life. Ask the guy, you look down, like, what's, what's bothering you? I gotta get married. I just, I can't do this anymore. Gotta get, once I get married, Simha. Once I have money, Simha. I, you know, I don't feel good. My ankle is killing me. I can't, I can't deal with it. My back, I can't deal. It's horrible. Once I get that taken care of, done. I gotta buy a house. I, I can't keep moving from house to house it's on my head. Once I get the house, I'm done. I gotta get the car. I gotta get, if, you look at every person who's lacking simha, the Creator will always give him something to be in his way as the cause of his problem. Uh, that's why people will say, No, I'm not unhappy. I'm not lacking simha because of sin. No, it's because my ankle's hurting. Wait, I'll disprove you. You know why? Because I could show you people whose ankle is hurting and they have simha. You'll tell me, no, it's because I don't have enough money. That's why I'm not satisfied. Oh, hold on. Let me show you that guy. Doesn't have much money and he has simha. You'll tell me because you're not yet married. Wait, let me show you that person who's not yet married and has simha. Every issue that you'll bring up, we could bring examples of people who didn't have what you were waiting for and yet were able to have simha. I personally witnessed, maybe some of you here as well, I personally witnessed a man in my life was the most amazing experience I ever had in my life, I think. I spoke about this a number of times. We went... We were in Israel, about maybe 20 guys, going around from place to place. It must have been 15 years ago. And they told us at the time, somebody told us, would you want to go see the Rosh Yeshiva of the Mir? Biggest Yeshiva in the world. Would you want to go see him? So, of course, we said, we're happy to see him. His name is Rabbi Finkel. Be happy to see him. Now we, in our ignorance, knew nothing about the man, knew nothing of his accomplishments, who he is, knew nothing. 
So I'm a little embarrassed about that, but that was the fact. We didn't know anything about him. We heard Rabbi Finkel, we didn't know. So, so of course we'd like to go see him. We went in, and anybody who was with me at the time can attest to this. We went into this room, and uh, we sat around the table, and the Rosh Yeshiva was there. And it was almost like a, like a circus. It was like, started laughing. The Rosh Yeshiva was making all kinds of movements with his body that were not normal. Could you imagine? You come to my house. You don't know who I am. Come to my house. All of a sudden, it's like going, lift my right hand. My left hand is up. My legs are moving. My, my, my face is, not, is making all kinds of expressions. You start laughing. You think, uh, you think it's uh, trying to be funny. That's what we started laughing. And then after maybe a few seconds, he realized, wait, wait, what? we shouldn't be laughing. Not, he's not trying to make us laugh. He's a sick person. The man has had Parkinson's, but a very difficult case of Parkinson's. He couldn't move normally. So we just sat there like awestruck by this man until he got the words out of his mouth and spoke to us. I don't know how long it was, maybe 10 minutes. He spoke to us. I don't remember a word this man said. I remember. But I remember we all walked out just in awe of what a human being can become. Here's the answer to anybody's complaints in life. The man has not a moment of his life that is normal. Not a moment. You know, sometimes your life isn't great. You have a break. Doesn't have a moment in life that is normal. This man with Parkinson's took a yeshiva that he took over with a thousand students. And he made it a yeshiva of 8,000 students. Him. He himself gave shiurim. He knew the boys in the yeshiva. He was collecting the money for the yeshiva. $25 million a year. I remember, I remember he came to New York. So he used to come to New York. At the end of his life, it got so bad, the Parkinson's, that he couldn't walk. Could not get out of the car. So what they did? They got him a home, a motor home. I saw with my own eyes. He would go from home to home. He's not going, you know, for a thousand dollars. People would give him a check of a million dollars. He would go from home to home and he couldn't go into the house. The people would have to go into the motor home to be able to see the rabbi. That's what we're talking about. This man accomplished what no human probably in the last hundred years accomplished, human who was feeling well, not sick person. He built buildings, he did things are beyond imagination. And you looked at him, he gave you hezuk, he gave you strength. He was full of life, full of simha. You walk out of that room and you get hezuk. You know why you get hezuk? I, I know why you get hezuk. 
Because in your life, you think you have problems. You think you have issues. And all of a sudden, you see this man who has every excuse in the book to be sitting somewhere in a hospital or somewhere in a home and just be down on life and say, you know what? I wasn't given the right cards. I'm 30 years he has Parkinson's. He's been sick for so long. He can't have a normal meal, can't have a normal conversation, can't have a normal walk. You walk in there and you have all these issues in your mind. I, I, I have this problem, I got that issue, I got this. And all of a sudden you see this man and he basically negates all of your claims. You walked into the room with all claims. If I had this, I would be happy. If I had that, if I can get this, I'm missing that. You walk into the room and all of your claims are contradicted. Here's a man who has nothing, yet he had life to him. He had simha to him. He had energy to him. So again, the creator of the world needs to give us free choice. And we will always have a reason why we're not fully sameah. Why we're not energized. Why we're not waking up early. Why we're not feeling that great satisfaction of life. We will always have a reason. And catch yourself. The next time you say to yourself, Oh, if I only had this, then I'm going to be great. Just remember, it's an illusion. Because many, and by the way, many people don't have that and can have simha. And by the way, many people do have that and don't have simha. Whatever it is you're asking for, I could show you people who have it and still have simha. Those things in life cannot be the satisfaction of your soul. You should know that just like a body has needs, the body has to eat, body has to drink, the body has to rest, the body has to exercise. Just like the body has needs, the soul has needs. The soul needs kindness. The soul needs wisdom. The soul needs compassion. The soul needs just like the body needs. Just like the body has poison, God forbid a person eats poison, he can kill himself. The soul has poison that will not be allow the soul to shine in a person's body. The human soul is the address of Simha. It doesn't have anything to do with your money, has nothing to do with your house, has nothing to do with anything physical. Physical accomplishments can make you feel uh, uh, an excitement, yes. But an inner simha that is lasting and with you through and through can only come from the purity of our neshama. That is why, that is why, you know, David Amelach says in the Tehillim that I mentioned, David Amelach says in that Perek of Tehillim I mentioned earlier, Yeboshu habogedim rekam. Yeboshu, the word Yeboshu means, anyone know what that means? Yeboshu? Sure. It means more disappointed. 
Abogedim. Bogedim are people who look at the commandments and the mitzvot and the direction of the Creator and are boged. What does boged mean? To betray. To betray the Creator. Someone gives you something, takes care of you, raises you, and then says, listen, I want to help you. Why don't you do this? And he's saying, nah, you don't know what you're doing. Well, I used to carry you for 20 years. What are you talking about? Well, how many fathers have felt that way? How many mothers have felt, right? You've given your son B, A, G, all the letters from beginning to end and backwards. And then you come say, listen, I want to sit down with you. I want to advise you on something that I'm very well aware of. I've been in this situation many times. I'd like to share with you. They look at you like it came from outer space. And you say to yourself, I don't understand. I've given you everything in life and I continue to. And I'm sharing with you something that could help you. Why would you not listen? That's called to betray. When someone does such good for you. And he comes to help you. And you just ignore them. That's called betrayal. It's betrayal of our trust. You're supposed to have trust in me. You're supposed to realize what I've done for you. Fine. That's why, by the way, we have clothing. It's called beged, right? Why is clothing called beged? Beged comes from the word bagad. Bagad means to betray. When Adam betrayed Hashem, Adam, by God, he betrayed God by eating from the fruit. He needed to start wearing a beged. Beged is a product of bagad. That's that word, bogedim. Says David al-Melech, Yeboshu habogedim, those who betray the Creator. You're not offending him, by the way, if you betray him. You don't get offended. But you, Yeboshu, you'll be disappointed. Why? Rekam. Rekam means you'll end up empty. Here, your whole life, you're chasing this, and you said, ah, I just get there. How many, how many Hollywood stars can appreciate this pasuk? Yeboshu abogedir. Their whole life, they're running. They're getting this. They're getting more fame, more followers, more money, more friends, more glamour, more lights. And then you find them somewhere in a bathtub. What happened? Yeboshu abogedim. They come. They're empty people. At the end of the day, if you don't fill your soul, you're an empty human being. And that one day in life, you will feel a tremendous disappointment. You know, by the way, you know on Yom Kippur, we Torah tells us that in the Beit HaMikdash, they had two Sa'ir Lashem, the goats. You ever heard of the goats? The two goats? There is in the Yom Kippur uh, uh um, service in the Beit HaMikdash. We read about it on Kippur during the Abodah. They, what they did is the Kohen Gadol would bring two identical, they have to be identical, identical goats, they have to be identical in height, identical in everything. Bring them and he makes a lottery. The lottery basically is who's going to go as a sacrifice and who is going to go 
to Azazel. They make a lottery. And the Kohen Gadol takes out Lashem, puts it on one, and La Azazel on the other. What do they do with the Azazel? They take him on the mountains of Yerushalayim, take him through the streets. Finally, he gets, they go into the Midbar, into the desert. They go on top of a, on top of a mountain, and he gets pushed off, and he breaks up into many pieces. The Sa'il Lashem, where does he end up? They slaughter him, and they bring him as a korban, and they sprinkle his blood in the Holy of Holies. Two, two goats with two different endings. One ends up in the holiest place, in the Holy of Holies, and one ends up falling off the mountain. What's going on with these goats? What do they have to do with Yom Kippur? So some explain beautifully that these two goats represent every human being. Person comes into this world, he has a choice. You know, he says, imagine, imagine the goat that was chosen for Azazel. What, what, what's he thinking when they chose him for Azazel? They take him. Yeah, he's rolling. He goes to the mountains. He says, what a, what a view over here. The air of Yerushalayim, gorgeous. He's walking along. He's enjoying everything. He's a hazik. Hazit, the other guy, Sa'il Hashem, Hazit, he didn't get to go on the vacation that I went to. Look at him, poor guy. He stayed in the Beit HaMikdash and the said, What happens at the end? At the end, Yevoshua Bogedim, and the end things will catch up with you. Yevoshua Bogedim, those who are traitors, they come. The emptiness will end up catching with you. The Sa'ir Lashem ends up in the Holy of Holies. It takes sacrifice to be Sa'ir Azazel. You don't need sacrifice. You go for a walk somewhere. Sa'ir Lashem is a little sacrifice, but it gets you in the Holy of Holies. That is the situation in every person's life. Hashem puts you in this world. You have two options. You could take a little sacrifice. You see the guy walking into shul. How does it look like? Look like a Hazik case. See guys across the street with beer bottles in the bag. Yeah. And they're rolling. Imagine, could you imagine a teenager walking down the street and here's the scene. To the right, he sees four or five guys with drinks in their hand, loud jokes, Laughing, ah, <laughs> talking, awesome. The other side, you see a poor little guy, has a gemara in his hand, and he's going to learn what is havruta. What do you think is more attractive? Those guys are loud. They're making tremendous amount of laughter. Side the other guy. But that's, you should know, it's a very misleading life. That's called Sa'il Lashem, Sa'il Azazel. A person who gives up of himself to do what's right. You're always going to be asked to go under the knife. There's no such thing as growth in life without giving up something. There's always a knife that's going to be cut to your neck. 
either you have to give up time, maybe give up money, give up things that you want. That, that's how it is. But in the end, you end up in the holy of holies. You end up in the most beautiful place. But a person who ignores his soul and just goes on a tour of this world without taking care of his neshama, in the end, Yevoshua Bogedim Rekam. You have to know taking care of our souls is the biggest and most important blessing. And that's what it means. Baruch Ata Bevoecha, Baruch Ata Betzetecha. That's what we say every morning in Birkota Shahar. I will read it to you. Every morning we say, Elohai. What I just said to you is really what we say every morning. Just uh, I took time to explain it. We say, Hashem, Neshama Shenatatabi Tehora. You gave me a pure soul. We can add to this means a soul that's full of simha and full of hen, full of charm. You gave me it, this neshama. You know, I don't have to make my neshama beautiful. You already gave me, it's like Hashem gave you a dirty neshama and you have to go clean it. Elohai neshama shenatata biteora. We already have a pure soul. And one day, you're going to take it from me. And our mission in life is to give it back to him as pure as it came in this world. That is really one of the great goals of a great person in this world. To keep himself pure, not just to do mitzvot. You know, doing mitzvot is very nice. It's a beautiful thing. But you also have to protect yourself from the poison of the neshama. And that is the source of simha. Baruch ata bevo'echa. We bless every person. The same way you came in pure. Baruch ata betzetecha. You should leave this world also pure. Says David al-Melech. And you know who could help you? If you just look to Hashem, He will help you. Yishmor tzetecha. You watch that your exit should be. Uboecha should be like your entrance. Me'ata, it will accompany you. Not only in this world. The simcha that a person has is an eternal simcha. Me'ata ve'ad olam. At the end of the day, all we have to do, my dear friends, all we have to do really is ask Hashem to help us. At the end of the day, you ask Hashem to help you to become a pure person. Ask Hashem to help you not to hurt people. Ask Hashem to help you not to damage your soul and things that are not good for you. You need Hashem to help you. Hashem Yishmor Tzedekha. He will help you. Just ask Him. Ask Him to help you continue to be a pure person and you will be blessed. All the blessings of the world will have to you will come to you when you have Simhan. That is the way we end Sheila Mahlot. And we bless everybody here for a great ending like the great beginning. Have a wonderful day.